We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into this episode of Jacked Ramsey's. I am your host, Danny Morang. And, well, I've got a special guest for everybody this time. Obviously, these are the early episodes of the podcast, and these are the guests I was alluding to. Uh, this time, it's player development coach for uh, a lot of NBA players, but you'll probably know him as uh, being associated with Damian Lillard. Uh, Phil Beckner. Phil, thank you for joining us, man. I really appreciate you. Thanks for having me. Big fan of yours and love what you do. So excited to talk for a bit. Well, I mean, we don't want to get this on our, this relationship started off on a lie. Come on now. We, let's, let's, let's back it up a little bit. <laughs> I do appreciate it, though. Um, I am a development nerd. Um, I, I have been my whole life. As much as I love guys when they get to year seven, year eight, and they get to those, those peaks in their career, I love watching a player go from a college freshman, sophomore, junior, NBA draft, hit a wall have to scramble and figure things out. How did you get your start in all of this? Because it it runs such a huge gamut, whether it's working in college or working in the NBA or those transition periods or working with pros later in their career. How does that all come about for you? Yeah, I, I played small college myself. I, I was a college athlete myself, coached two years of high school uh, before going to the college level where I spent seven years at Weber State. And that's where I met Dame, obviously. But um, I always knew I wanted a coach. When I played, I was kind of a development player myself. I, I always had a couple trainers. That's back before trainer was a profession. <laughs> These were like guys we kind of tracked down or met and they, they'd coach you up a little bit on the weekends. And it was just kind of always my passion, you know, and always my niche, just just to help players get get better. And I think uh, one, one thing I, I consult with a bunch of schools and teams now, and there, there's this big buzzword of, of culture for so long in college basketball and in sports. And now I, I think the new buzzword should be development because at all the resources, you know, we, we could control or we could improve like players are probably the number one players and staff are the number one resource we can improve within our program or within our organization. See, that's, that's interesting because you, you talk about – I'm a big analytics guy and all the tools that come along with it. That development, that doesn't – I mean, it costs money, but it's more intrinsic value than dumping uh, you know, millions of dollars into new technology or anything along those lines. Those can come a part of that, of that development, but when you're looking at that – when you're taking the pieces of development, what are, what are the most important aspects for you, like the, the foundational building blocks of what you kind of believe in or what you instruct to, with your guys? 
Yeah, that, that's a great question. I wish I could pull up a graphic right now and show you. Um, I think one of the reasons we get really good results with the players and teams we work with is we have a plan. We have a direction we want to head. But when you say those, like we call them absolutes or um, non-negotiables at times, so we, we, Danny, we actually have a pyramid that we believe in developmentally. And the first thing we start with, because we're dealing with human beings and humans have to go out and perform in high stress environments or when they have a bad day or when they're feeling too good, feeling too arrogant. So here's our building blocks. What you asked, what are our building blocks? So for building a player or an organization, the, the first block of the pyramid starts with character. Building a person's character, because, I mean, it's biblical, a, a, a house built on sand will not stand. If we don't build these guys with the right foundation character-wise, nothing we do after that is probably going to last through really, really tough times. The next building block is um, physical strength and mobility, because a lot of times in developing players, you're at, too many coaches or trainers are asking them to do things they're just physically not capable of yet. Their body doesn't move the right way. Uh, their body's not strong enough yet. Uh, you know, their biomechanics, like some of the best players in the league right now are the best movers. Mm -hmm. And I think the most elite players in the league are the best movers with the ball in their hand. So the second tier is, is strength and mobility. The next tier is skill sets. That's your, your hard, refined, you know, micro skills, shooting, dribbling, fundamentals, footwork, jab steps, all of that. The next tier above that is conceptual development, and that's where pick and roll reads, decision making in the paint, um, schemes, strategies, concept, conceptual development, and then the tip of our pyramid. And I think you know a guy like Lillard, guys like C.J. McCollum excel at this. It's just the mentality, the mindset. It's literally the triangle, the tip of the pyramid. So we want to build players philosophically and build the whole person, you know, from the ground up. We start with character. We get to strengthen mobility next, hard, you know, refined skill sets after that, conceptual development, and then at the top, mentality and mindset. So if you had to boil it down, or at least this is how I look at it, you're, you're, it's kind of soul, body, mind. That's somewhat, yeah, that's a good way to put it. The, Absolutely. The framework. Yeah, the the holistic it. approach. That, that's yeah. a great way to put it. So when you're talking about building these guys up, and obviously we have a prime example in a, a – incredible character human being in Damian Lillard. So you're working with that foundation. You get with him early on. He's a three-star guy out of a school in Oakland to a small college in, in Utah. How does he get from that to where he is now and the stuff that you've worked with him? Danny, that, that's probably our biggest fight with me and him, actually, <laughs> because I always tell him, like, he thinks he showed up on campus as an 18-year-old at Weber State, and he was like the ultimate warrior, Hulk Hogan, ripping his shirt off, perfect, <laughs> biggest cut. That dude was not – That there were times, and these stories have been told, and they're true, the head coach at Weber State and myself, there, there were times we're looking at each other saying, hey, uh, this guy's not going to make it. He doesn't play hard enough. Uh, he's a little too youthful. He's a little too uh, cool, you know, for our liking. And he acts like he showed up and he was, you know, the greatest player ever in the history of, of Weber State. Um, <laughs> but he, to, to answer your question, you know, you asked um, where, where you take a guy like Dame. So here's the biggest separator. There were milestones along the way mm -hmm. that he hit and even some adversity that he hit along the way. And he accepted those challenge, challenges. And after those milestones, he always took an enormous step forward. 
because I think too many times as development coaches or leaders, mm -hmm. we're like, when does the switch flip? When does the light bulb come on? And we all know success isn't linear. It's not just a one, it's up, it's down, it's right, it's left, it's all these different places. And there, you know, I've told stories in books, on podcasts and interviews about Dame, and he deserves so much credit because where he was the ultimate warrior or Hulk Hogan was every time he was faced with a freaking obstacle or a big challenge, he really turned it into a landmark or a pillar for his development, both as a person and as a player. So I look back and there were just these little pillars and landmarks along the way who formed him or which formed him into who he is today. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm going to stop right here real quick with this interview with Phil. We'll get back to it in just a second. But after Phil and I got done recording, he released a clip with him and Damian Lillard uh, talking about uh, Dame's early days in the NBA that I think is really impactful as far as what Phil and I are talking about right here. There's a couple anecdotes that we're going to get into uh, after this little clip, but I want to make sure I kind of snuck this in here just to kind of frame some of the stuff that, that they have done over the years and like the hard resets of far, as far as Damian Lillard's mentality. Uh, it's a little like minute and a half clip, but I thought it was worth kind of sneaking in here for you guys to hear it. Like when I was, for example, I entered the draft and they was like, you know, you're going to be a top 10 pick. And, you know, people saying this my whole, the whole year. I'm working out with Phil and Phil like, you know, all right, Dame, you're going to get drafted. We know that. But you might be in the G League. You might not play. You might go be in the G League for your first year and don't worry about none of that. You need to be the hardest worker. Don't change who you are. Never be late. Be on time to stuff. Make sure that your character don't change. Don't um, have people around you that want they at, that, that just kiss your ass. Like, this is what Phil was telling me, and I'm getting drafted. I'm the sixth pick of the draft, and he's telling me, I went into camp thinking that I could be in the G League because he had me convinced, like, okay, don't nobody care what pick you were. Nobody care about summer league, what you – summer league MVP. Nobody care about that. But so I went into camp on edge. I wasn't expecting to be the starter. Like, I went into there like I'm just trying to earn my stay. I just want to stay here. I want to try to steal some minutes. I want the coaches to know, like, I'm coachable. I want my teammates to know that I want to compliment them as best as I can. Like, that was the mentality I went in there with. And I ended up being rookie of the year. I made all-star team my second year, my third year. And if I had come in there like I'm the sixth pick and I was just kind of like walking around like I had it made and it was going to be a certain way, regardless, it would have never happened. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's, it's kind of funny. You talk about the early Damian Lillard. We had a guy on our staff at Blazers Edge, Brian Freeman, who played at Long Beach State, uh, played against Dame. His, I believe it was his freshman year. He said there was a little bit of talk about him before the game. Hey, watch this kid. And he, I, don't, I don't think Dame did much. The second game, I think, was about a month and a half, two months later. He said Dame was the best dude in the court, and he let everybody know it. So it, it kind of follows in line with, with what you've said here. Danny, how about this? That's crazy you bring this up. I, I don't think I've really talked about this um, like publicly or whatever since Dame's had so much success. We played Long Beach twice that year. Mm-hmm. Okay, The first time we go to the Pyramid, we had a pretty good team at Weber State, mm-hmm. Uh we were up like 15, 18 points, whatever. It was uh, some type of homecoming game for Long Beach. Mm-hmm. The crowd gets into it. We melt and lose the lead. We start overtime. Mm-hmm. Lillard, I don't know how many turnovers he had that game, but he turned it over like the first possession or two of overtime, and coach is like, just get him out. Here's, what, here's what's so <laughs> crazy about what you just brought up, though. Up until then, I had never worked with Dame on our staff. Oh, no, we kidding. lost. This is crazy. We lost that game. I was the young assistant on staff. I'm walking through the Long Beach Marriott in the hallway, and he's the only one in the hall. I'm getting goosebumps telling you this just now. I'm the only one walking down the hallway. And he looks and he's just like, man. And I'm like, yeah, that was a tough one. And he goes, I'm not used to this. Hmm. And I go, well, get used to it because you don't work hard enough. And he looked at me. And I was like, you could be so good. We had to sub you out. We had to take you out. I'm like, you never shoot after practice. You don't. He's like, well, I had this great workout guy in Oakland and we were connected and we were close and we, he would push me and he'd make me work. And I'm like, show up and work with me. Like we'll work. We'll start. And to be honest, I'm getting goosebumps because that's where our relationship started was <laughs> that's after crazy. that game. That, yeah, no one ever brought that up. That That's where we st- that's the first time we ever talked about doing extra work and whatnot. And I remember two weeks after that, and that was before we played Long Beach again, but we, I kicked mm-hmm. his butt after practice in a workout. He's shooting free throws. He's this quiet kid from Oakland. You know, he's with all these white people in Utah. Uh-huh. He's shooting free throws with me after his workout. And he goes, Phil, you know what? And I go, what? He goes, I think you like me. And I go, yeah, I like you. You could be really, really good, but you got to keep working harder. So that's actually where our relationship started after that game. That's incredible. That's because because 
Brian Freeman, who was, who's worked with us, and he played professionally overseas, and he, he said that you could see a, a, an actual change from the yeah. first time he played him to the second time a couple weeks or a, a month, I think, later or something like that. Yeah. That's insane. Great, great wow. <laughs> that's, that's really cool. Um, it kind of got me derailed for a second, but um, working with him in his transition to the NBA, before you're, you're at where you are right now, you have to both kind of learn how to how to learn, right? As far mm. as development in the NBA, how does that process start, and how how were you operating now? What are the what are the things that you've conquered as uh, a skills coach individually, and working alongside Dame and helping him and other guys alongside him? Yeah, for, first thing, I give him so much credit for making me a way better coach because if he wasn't willing to take on those challenges and that growth. I wouldn't have had to learn it. I, I had to keep coming up with more ways to challenge him, things to learn. I tweeted it a few weeks ago. I remember I called. I knew one scout in the NBA at the time who was with the San Antonio Spurs, and I'm like, we got this kid who could be pretty good. He's just a sophomore. Give me five things you're looking for at an NBA point guard. Because I didn't know. Yeah. So I had to come up with this creativity, this hunger, this drive to find ways to make him better. And to be honest, the la even the last seven, eight years of my coaching career, before I started training him full time, when I was still coaching college and he would train with me in the off season, like I had to work hard to find ways to get him better, to not let him down. And so now like in this world of development, since then, like skill training is a profession. There's 9 million trainers. There's 9 million, you know, gurus. They got all the answers. I think what I've figured out is it's a it's a people first, person first job, meaning and here's like this isn't a skill approach or strategic approach necessarily from like a skill aspect. But and I've told Dame this before. It's like, hey, I'm just your caddy. When you look at a golf caddy like that's the only coach in any sport that walks the field of competition with the athlete. Like if you're a basketball coach, you bark from the sideline. Football coach barks from the sideline. NASCAR crew chief, you're up, you know, watching the man like these guys. And, and when you're a caddy, you really just give suggestions. Like, hey, I think you should use your seven iron. They're like, no, nah, I want to use my nine iron. They swing it and they suck. They're like, ah, told you to use the seven. Or maybe you <laughs> tell them to use the nine and they should. So I think that's been the approach. And, and a great example is the guy, you know, over your right shoulder there, Anthony Simons. I've got to work with him for three years. And it's uh, even though he's young, started training when he's 19 now and he's grown now. But man, like there, at times it had to be a real collaboration. And I'm like, hey, I'm just here with your journey. And I think the true mission of a coach, especially a player development coach, is can you help a player get to somewhere he couldn't get to on his own? And you study the best of the best, not just basketball players, but in any sport, mm -hmm. Everyone has someone in their corner pushing them. And I, and I think that's the biggest thing I've discovered from my time with Dame, even, even to now doing it with other guys in the NBA. So you mentioned other sports. I'm kind of I'm going a, a little off here, but Dame, CJ, even Ant now are working with, with boxing, MMA, getting that, that core, that strength, that stability. Is that an active thing that you've kind of tried to incorporate into these guys' training regimen to explore outside of basketball, to, to – not only make them physically stronger, but to build them up mentally. Is that it's kind of the approach in that regard? 
Yeah, I, I'm a huge advocate for it. Um, obviously, Lillard's a big boxing fan. These other guys do it. People are doing it. There's there's definitely, I think, skills, um, mindset, and strength that has to be built, and you can't always build it on the basketball court. A good friend of mine uh, is Mark Adams. He's a head coach at Texas Tech now, and he grew up. His dad was a Golden Glove boxer, and just the stories he tells, the the wisdom you get from it, from having to show up to to you know literally fight somebody yeah. in the ring. Um, I, I think those lessons are are worth their weight in gold. Okay. Those lessons, those those mental lessons, those are, I think, the, the, the important building blocks, particularly when you're talking about splitting up the levels of professional athletes. Mm. You, you obviously worked at the college ranks and now with professional level, uh, professional level athletes. And I think for most people, they think that's, that's a, it's just a natural progression. But when you're working at the professional ranks, you're working with the 1% of the 1% of the 1%. What is it when you're working with these guys that – separates a good college pro from a great pro pro like what is what is the difference between Damian Lillard and this this is this sounds maybe a negative thought but just another guard in the NBA what is the difference mentally that elevates him beyond the skill set because there's a lot of guys in the league who have remarkable skill sets who aren't able to attain those same levels yeah um, two things. And I'm glad you said um, mentally, you know, mentality wise, because the number one separator, say what you want. It's it's talent, length, athleticism like LeBron, Kevin Durant, Giannis. They're freaks. Yeah. Like you can't you either have that or you don't. They won the genetic lottery. But the mentality part of it, I think it comes back to two things. And we talk about this all the time. There was a study done of all elite performers. In America, like everyone, the, the top airline CEOs, the, the best doctors, the two most common traits they found in all elite performers. And you're probably going to smile when I say this now, because, you know, Dame, you know, CJ, but the two most common traits, grit and gratitude. Grit, like, can you fight through things? Can you handle adversity? Can you take criticism? Can you show up when you don't want to? Like, that's a huge one. And then gr- gratitude which obviously is similar to humility, but like, will you help others? Do you know it's not all about you? Are you grateful for the opportunities you have? And I've worked with guys all across the board now, top 10 NBA picks, NBA all-stars, franchise guys, rookies, G League guys, grit and gratitude mentality-wise, like it, it completely separates dudes and puts them on another level. And, and here's why, because I think as human beings, We could all show up and do our job when things are good or when we feel well. But, man, like Lillard, McCollum, these guys, you know, Giannis and Mikel Bridges, like, you know, for the Phoenix Suns. Yeah. Those guys are the same even when, like, you know, the shit hits the fan. Man, Mm -hmm. even when their back's against the wall. And, like, those are the ones where they they don't crumble. They don't waver. They don't lose their self-confidence. And time and time again, they're even the ones passing up the more talented dudes now. And this thing is, I think, for, for anybody who's kind of looking at, well, um, sure, LeBron and Giannis and those guys that you talk about, but you, you look at CJ, and this isn't to say he's not elite, but he's, he's 6'3". Dame's 6'1", 6'2". They're not the most outrageous physical specimens that come out of college. They went to Lehigh. They went to Weber State. They are exceptions to those rules. Yep. But the mentality part of it, don't get me don't get me wrong, they're incredibly skilled. But there's 
a lot of guys that have been incredibly skilled over the years. You can watch every summer league and see guys that are incredibly oh skilled as 18 to 20 year olds, right? No question. And I, I, you have these summer league all stars who, talent wise, can outshine anybody. But the mentality as those years progress, I think, is the big thing. And that's kind of what I wanted to get to with you as far as mentality goes. And we see the the uh, every year the offseason workouts. You you and Dame obviously had some fun. Was that last year or the year before with the with the, years, the pool, yeah. pool noodle the workout yeah. video, which is great. <laughs> but that's the stuff that everybody wants to do, right? They they want to get in and get their shots up, get their ten thousand makes in a month, you know, all those kind of things. But the film work, you got to do a lot of work before you get to the other stuff. When you get done with a regular season or a playoffs and the season's over, whatever the situation is. When you're working with a guy, whether it's Dane, whether it's Mikhail, whether it's Ant, CJ, any of these guys, what do you do to identify either shortcomings or things you want to improve? How do you lay those plans out, the, the, the process? Say Dame early in his career struggled finishing around the rim. How do you go, this is what we need to do. do we need to identify footwork. We need to identify shoulder feints and where you pick up the ball and the angles. Like, How does that process go? Yeah, I think uh, now, since I've gotten better at this, and w when I was in college and uh, coaching college, I didn't know. I'd sit them down and be like, here's what we need to do. Here's how we're going to do it. Let's move on and go. Now, now it starts with two things, especially with high-level pros, because they're grown men. They know the game. You can't trick them. You can't fool them. So every plan we start with, whether it's me or my staff who helps me, when we start with the guy, it, 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 it starts with two things, communication and collaboration. We have to sit and watch the stuff together. We go to dinner and meet on this stuff. We, it can't just be one-sided because then you don't have the buy-in, the commitment, um, the, the level of purpose that it's going to take to truly fix those areas. So one, communication and collaboration. Two, if we're just now figuring it out when the off season starts, we didn't do a very good freaking job. Yeah. This is, we send film edits every week to our guys, uh, five game reviews, secret scouting reports before they play a team. Like those, th they, we know those things already, but here's what I think is uh, is a huge separator for us. And I just talked to uh, an NBA team about this actually, as much as you want to improve weaknesses in the NBA, our player development philosophy, my player development philosophy is you to, to be exceptional. And you just talked about it. The one percenters of the one percenters to be one of those guys, you have to become great at what you're good at because too many times they spend so much time on these weaknesses. And, and here's what you found in the NBA. Now it's getting easier and easier to make it, but it's getting harder and harder to stay. It's really hard for like dudes are just, it's a revolving yeah. door. We're, I'm going to go to summer league this Thursday and like, man, like these dudes are in and out. It's like look at the guys and you've got at least a third. Danny, look year. at the Portland Trailblazers summer league roster this year. Like yeah. Emmanuel Moutier, Beasley. Um, Fareed. Kobe, uh, who was the one? Kobe, Alt, not Alt, uh, what's Simmons. his name? Yeah. Kobe Simmons. Like these were yeah. the, white. These guys can't stay. So part of it in development in the off season, we want to become great at what we're good at. To use Dame as an example, he could always shoot the ball. Well, we became more proficient from NBA three. Mm -hmm. Then he came, became really, really good at shooting pick and roll threes, right? He's probably the best pick and roll NBA three-point shooter. Yeah. Now, what is it? Him and Steph could shoot from the logo. It's easier to take someone from good to great 
or great to elite than it is to take someone from like poor to, to good because there's so much of a window there that, that the rate of part- return. So there's, there's a, there's a, there's an actual choice made where I think you, you get basketball Twitter. Why can't, you know, if I was this guy, I would work on this all day long. If a player struggles on X, well, no, because there's a separation between dollars. There's real money on the line and performance. If a guy struggles as a three point shooter, but he's a hell of a finisher, a la Ben Simmons, his his reality is not that he needs to shoot more threes. It's that he just needs to find a way to shoot the the ball at all, but no get question. the rate up. That and that's what I'd say. We use the word like you got to become adequate at it. That's the same thing, character wise, mindset wise, skill wise. Like you can't be deficient in a skill. Not at this level. Not with these guys. If you do, then it gets exposed. So when you're taking these guys. But let's let's use Dame and Jason Quick had a an article earlier uh, this year when the Blazers and Dame had a, a bit of a rough patch, and he mentioned that you had exchanged some tape back and forth with Dame, labeled not good enough, not good enough, not good enough. It was following a couple losses. They had that that ugly loss to the Grizzlies. What is that process like, Dame? You obviously has used this for a motivation. What is what is that whole process like throughout the season, and kind of what triggers that, and the and the the following, I guess, cascading reactions. Yeah, I mean, you have to, if you want to get guys better um, now, like I always talk about, so some people are not some, most people are desiring comforting lives. Like, we all want that in our life. Like, it's okay. Like, Danny, it's okay. You don't have to work out today. No, Danny, it's okay. However, you talk to your family, like, it, we desire these comforting lives where, like, the best of the best, they're willing to accept the unpleasant truth. And like as much as Dame hires me to help his shooting or CJ to help his footwork, whatever it may be, they're hiring me to be a truth teller as well. So we always talk about like going going back to the, so we call it NGE. It just means not good enough. <laughs> and like our phrase, be, I'm, I'm wearing the shirt today. I wore it in workouts. Be better, be different. And this is how this could all kind of sum up our whole talk right here. This was a phrase. I sat at a clinic um, Dame's second year at Weber State, secret clinic in Florida, invite only. This guy came up, he was a division one head coach. He came up to speak and he had just got fired the year before. So Danny, he took the whole year to watch practices, games, do TV of the best college teams, best NBA teams. And he started off his talk. He was just going, he's like, you know what you figure out though? The people who win, the people who get results, they're either better or they're different. And he just kept talking. But this like switch flipped in my head. I'm like, hold on, that's it. We're at Weber State. We got to help get this kid to the league. We got to get over the hump. We keep finishing second place. We're not better than everybody. So how are we going to catch him? We got to be different. And we started saying this phrase for so long. So like Dame is so different. CJ so different. Mikel's so different because they're willing to hear the unpleasant truth. They're willing to be held accountable. And if you're different for so long, you have a chance to catch those guys who are better. So now you're better and different. We always say if you're ever better and you're ever different, then you're elite. And that's what Damian Lillard is. That's what Mikael Bridges right now, like he's a, he's becoming an elite wing in the NBA yeah. as a defender, play, like because he was different for so long with his habits, his work ethic, what he's developed, and now he's better. He already has the seven foot two wingspan. So going back to Dame, the Trailblazers were struggling. He wants to be one of the top 10, five players in the world consistently. 
and he's playing the get whether he turned it over, whether he complained to the referees too much, whether he just had a bad shooting night. I sent him an edit, and all it said was Dame in GE. And it was an edit of his last three or four games, the film breakdown of areas we had worked on that he needed to improve on, areas he's already really good at that he's just not getting it done, mm-hmm. and then areas he could take advantage of and, like, go be more aggressive. So it showed three or four clips, and it'd be like, NGE, not good enough turnovers. NGE, poor shot selection. And, and he was willing enough willing enough to embrace it and take it on. And I think whenever a guy like him or these exceptional athletes take ownership for their development Mm -hmm. and ownership for their game, and they have a caddy alongside of them, who's going to push them and believe them and have, you know, a plan for them in place. Like the the formula is going to end up being pretty good and you're going to get some great results. So far, you've had some pretty pretty spectacular results with pretty much everybody. I think I've seen you trade, so uh, that's it's 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 quite the success. I want to get you out of here. I wanted to keep you uh, you know under a half hour, so I don't want to take up too much of your time. This is more of a, I think of a theory um, than anything else. When you're looking at tackling things, not just now, but kind of I'll, I'll use this as an example. Dame has mastered the ability to decelerate off pick and rolls. That mm-hmm. is that has become a way to draw fouls and to get those you know free points and get teams in bonuses. The league has said that they're going to change that. They're going to take away some of that uh, foul grifting, as it's been called. But not just with Dame, but just with rule changes, with style changes. Uh, everybody was trying to go five out with like the Warriors and match that. Now you're seeing a little bit more size return. How do you try to stay ahead of the curve? on theory in the NBA and training and preparing and, and educating on that going forward. Yeah. First of all, you said, I'm not, I'm not allowed to lie on this podcast (laughs) with you, but this isn't a lie. I'm going to compliment you. That's a hell of a question. Like a lot of people Hmm. in the sports business writer world, whatever (laughs) you guys are media. No, I'm serious because what you just said for us to, to maintain results, like you said, conce- I, I call it conceptually, which mm-hmm. is part of our pyramid we talked about, but also strategy-wise, rules changes. How about this? Even just the pace of play, how the yes. game sped up. And, and, and those go hand-in-hand um, hand with what position the guy plays, how he's being coached. Um, God, I had another great one I was going to say. Um, oh, how they're being defended. So like Dame, one thing, you know, he's continuing to work on not only decelerating the pick and roll, and you have mentioned this before, like in tweets or games or whatever, but being able to make extra plays in the paint or being mm-hmm. creative in the paint. Those are the next tiers of development for those guys. Yep. And if you're not studying, um, like you said, a uh, theory is a great way to put it. But if you're not studying systems, if you're not studying development, but here's also the other thing that I think we could add to this studying trends Mm -hmm. and the history of it because things always you know change direction go different ways and um you know so a few years ago when dame started getting blitzed so much on the pick and roll Mm -hmm. we went and met with a couple hall of fame uh point guards on how to address that stuff and one of them was not built like dame whatsoever (laughs) wasn't a scoring guard like dame whatsoever you know i mean dame's a tank now you know but the things he could give Dame, Dame couldn't take all five things from that from that Hall of Fame point guard's game, but he could take two and he could add it to like his game, his his identity, and now it's made him a better pick and roll player. So though, and, and here's the last thing I'd say, and this is why this is such a good question. Let's take like you like young developmental guys, right? Like sure. in the Sear Little, Anthony Simons. Mm-hmm. We got to just get them from point A to point B right now, or point B to point yep. C. 
to get really, really good. Guys like Lillard are already on letter J of the alphabet or letter, you know, or they're on S and now we're trying to find T. So like those gains actually get a little bit harder and harder, but that's where it comes in with theory, trends, concepts, style of play. And that's where you, and man, and you just, you gave me a huge compliment saying I get great results with guys. It's not about me. I have a team who helps me, coaches who help me. But here's what it starts with. The dudes I work with are so open to being held accountable, mm-hmm. told the truth, willing to make mistakes and willing to work on uncomfortable stuff. They get freaking better. And like personally, I have a waiting list of clients. Like if guys can't fulfill those four things I just said, I'm not wasting my they won't get better. If I told, you know, some of these dudes like I was just in Portland with CJ a couple weeks ago, if I would have told them like, hey, uh, spin this basketball on top of your head and, and hold a water. He would have looked at me crazy, but he'd probably be willing to do it if he knew it was going to make him better. <laughs> and I think that that's uh, the difference. And I don't mean this as, as again, as a way to, to knock other guys in the NBA, but there, there is a difference. It, like it, in, in any profession, there are guys willing to do more work that are willing to, or the desire to get uh, better results. There are certainly guys that are in the league right now that are perfectly happy with who they are, where they are, and what they want to do, and they don't necessarily look at it as anything more than a, a nice way to make a very good living. I got to tell you one story since you said that. No, absolutely, please. I love this stories. This is phenomenal. I'm training, this is three summers ago, I'm training a high level NBA guy. Mm-hmm. So let's just say starter or above. I'm not going to tell you who it is. I'm sure, training no, no. him. A guy from a, who works for an NBA team, not a private trainer like myself, works for an NBA team, and he has an MVP candidate player that's under his watch who he's supposed to train. That's his responsibility. I swear on everything. He goes, Phil, can I come watch you train? I go, yeah. He's watching me train my high-level guy. We're working on left-hand finishes and touch shots. And <laughs> you're missing, Danny, the dude's missing like five out of ten. And he's a starting starting guard or higher in the NBA. Mm-hmm. I come over and the dude from the other team was just like, wow. And I'm like, yeah, pretty embarrassing. Like, sorry, bro. I figured, you know, like, I know you want to learn. Like, he goes, no, I'm saying wow, because my guy wouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. And I go, what do you mean? He goes, he's an MVP caliber player. You have eight players in, or you have eight people in your gym right now. And your dude's not afraid to make mistakes and work outside of his comfort zone in front of anybody. And I was like, damn, like, that's pretty special. Like, <laughs> and you see why that guy does or does not become an MVP or struggle. Like, just some people aren't willing to do it. And no, that's what I, I that's why I, part of the reason why I want you to come on is to highlight the differences and the, the types of, of things that it takes to get to certain levels to, it's, it's one thing for me to sit here and say, you know, I, I cover the game and I, I, talk to people but somebody who lives and breathes and does it literally day in day out for a living it yeah. carries a little bit more credence in that regard so we'll get you out of here on that phil thank you so much for taking some time man i truly appreciate it uh if you guys want uh be better be different it's be better be different.com is yeah. that correct yep, be better correct. be different.com uh you can follow phil if, if you want in all of his exploits and his coaching clinics at phil beckner on twitter uh phil thank you so much man i really appreciate it Danny, I appreciate you, brother. Take care. Thank you.
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.